Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Gens & Associates podcast. I'm your host, Catherine young Ayat, consultant and analyst for Gens & Associates. If you've turned into our previous episodes, this one might sound just a, a little bit different. I have with me Steve Gens, our managing partner, and what we're going to do is talk about a few different topics today, but they're all going to be related to organizational thinking. So you can think of this episode as a setup and background for a series of podcasts that we're going to be rolling out later um, in the next few weeks and months, where we'll explore some of these topics in greater detail. So hi, Steve. Nice to have you on. Um, between the two of us, we've had lots of ideas popcorning recently um, that all centers around organizational thinking and change management approaches. So let's kick off this by having you give our listeners um, a general overview of some of the work that we're starting to do in this area and what's really sort of driving this thinking and exploration for us and our clients in regulatory organizations. Yeah, thanks a lot, Catherine. It's certainly uh, been very interesting because if we go over and and just focusing on, say, the uh, regulatory business function over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of modernizations, transformations, and and a lot of the focus has been on the the, the system, uh, the process layers, ways of working, and there's been, what I would say, uh, very little attention to um, the organization and how it's evolved and what's become very, very clear, and I know we've been talking about this almost weekly now, is there is, and we started seeing this about 18 months ago, that organizations, they're always evolving. You know, it's always incremental change, but it's more substantial now and a lot more intentional by a number of factors that we'll get into. So, yeah, I I see in the coming years, there's so much more focus on the organization, the organization's capabilities, evolving remits, skills, there's generational considerations, there's just a lot of things hitting at the, um, you know, at the same time. And that's why I think when we talk about having a series, it's just one podcast can't cover it. So we'll be, uh, you know, kind of uh, taking uh, bite-sized chunks on this and bringing in other experts into this, this conversation. Yes. Thanks for that. Okay. Well, so I I like this idea of taking bite-sized chunks of it. Um, So let's start off by talking about OSEC. Um, So last year, we created a new form that we called OSEC, which stands for Organizational Strategies, Evolution, and Change. And this form was created due to the needs and the demands of our um, community members to not really just to have a place for learning and understanding the impact of being able to develop and incorporate organizational strategies at their companies, but also really to be part of a community, right? To be with their peers, to talk about what's working at their companies, what's not working, in their regulatory organizations. And we do this by really having our forum members share uh, learning resources, their knowledge, their experience. And of course, you and I, Steve, we, you know, we certainly have a lot of passion in this area, so we share our expertise um, and, and um, do a little sort of like learning and teaching as well. So Steve, we're going to produce a whole nother episode, right, that goes into the details of OSEC. So for now, um, let's talk about the direction we would like to see OSEC take this year. What are you thinking? Yeah, like you said, last year was just more of a uh, kickoff and, uh, you know, some of the topics and these were really good juicy topics as and a lot of it deals when uh, a company's modernizing or, or transforming where there's just a lot of, again, system and process change. Like the high priority one was, you know, how can we better work with resistance because resistance is very natural. It's going to happen in any large scale, you know, change. So the, the techniques, the practices. Uh, to be better with working, working and breaking through with resistance. 
know, picking the right change models. There's so many change models out there. Um, but, um, you know, how do you determine what's the right change model, you know, for an organization or a specific, you know, modernization? And it's always interesting in a lot of the work, I mean, a lot of the consulting work, I mean, way outside of the OSAC, there's always this, this focus on how can we be, you know, more effective at, uh, you know, messaging. So that mm-hmm. was, I think, the uh, November topic. The third one, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what, where I think it's shifting, what, you know, and as we've been talking about some of the clients that, you know, we've just had some introductory conversations where they're really struggling, you know, with the, or the pace of the organization evolution. And I know when we're kind of deconstructing this, you know, for me, what, what has hit me is, you know, and in life sciences organizations generally, um, you know, the HR department's very mature, you know, practices around individual development, you know, rotating those individuals, giving them different experiences, skills they might have to build on if they're more junior to the workforce, kind of mid-career or the later stages of the career. But a lot of it has been on an individual or small team basis as far as the development. And what I believe we're seeing, and it'll be interesting to get your opinion, is it's more about the collective. It's more about the full system, not system, not meaning technology at all, the whole organizational system as far as the impact of data sciences, uh, which has a big generational impact, uh, the rapid advances you know, of technology, uh, you know, trying to have you know, better streamlined global processes, but you always have the nuances you know, locally, people having, you know, multiple roles in a job, but it's how do you develop the collective, you know, versus just the individual or individual teams. And that that's where I think, you know, the struggle is like, how do you put your head around that? You know, what process do you go through, you know, where the uh, rapid change of the organization, a lot of it's fueled by new skills uh, that that's coming up. So it's more the collective than the individual. And it just occurred to me just the other day, you know, on that. Yeah, I mean, no, I absolutely agree. And you're sort of kind of um, moving to a couple of other, you know, like I said, we, we've had a lot of popcorning of ideas, right? And so you touched on a couple of things that um, about the, this, you know, the sort of the evolution of organizations, the pace of that, um, talking about some, um, um, you know, some major components of our digital strategy that we'll touch on later that talks about the whole system, right? Things to consider, you know, that are outside of just the organization, but looking at technology and process and all those things as well. Um, But I mean, I think that the OSEC is a really good place for us to talk about these things this year. Um, I know that something that we're thinking of doing is really sort of expanding the membership, um, the OSEC membership, you know, right now it's just our it's people who are in our GNA membership, um, but I know that there are more companies that are going to be participating in it. Um, we certainly just have, I think we have, um, uh, you know, one representative per company sort of active in the forum. And so I think when we get new members in, it's kind of nice to get that new thinking um, and that sort of uh, dynamic in with the with the forum members that we currently have now. Is there, I'm just gonna think like for, in terms of direction of the OSEC forum we talked about, Perhaps maybe this year, putting together a conference where, you know, um, we can have our members come and, you know, talk about um, some of these um, uh, topics as they develop further. You know, what do you think about sort of that in terms of direction? Yeah, I know uh, we kind of kicked that around that, you know, maybe sometime this fall because, you know, just a lot of the workshops we do now are are in person, even though they, they tend to be kind of hybrid, not everybody can travel, but 
you know, we can only cover some of these topics we've already covered. We're just scratching the surface. And sometimes, you know, spending a day, you know, getting away from everything to really further explore, you know, some of these, you know, you know, the changing organization and what does it mean and new skills. Yeah, it's just, you know, people getting around the table and spending a day, you know, having dinner together or that are very passionate or it's, you know, kind of part of their day-to-day work is, you know, is really important. So I think, uh, we we just kind of scratch just having these you know quarterly or three or four times a year you know sessions you know they they're what you know ninety minutes going on two hours and they just go too quickly you know we just we're just <laughs> yeah. getting into the depths of the conversation and that's where the learning is and you know in the sharing of learning so yeah I think it's just how we use our time in this forum and try to expand that's going to benefit everybody. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so let's go back to one of the points you were making earlier, right? So organizations are always evolving naturally, um, you know, some very quickly, others very slow, um, like you, you know, you were saying that most organizations evolve incrementally. And so, you know, I, I think that sometimes it's almost like seemingly unnoticeable until companies start to look, right? I personally don't think that there are pause and wait moments you know, which leads me to sort of this next discussion point for us, which is, you know, let's share some of our experience with companies that have been very intentional about how they want their organizations to evolve versus the challenges that we see um, pop up or grow for companies that either aren't able to provide that guidance or aren't very skilled at it yet. Can you speak a little bit more about that? I know we've been talking a lot about it recently. Yeah, and I think it depends upon kind of where the organization and the individual leaders are at, like, you know, kind of the scenarios you just talked about, like ones that are very intentional or very proactive. So they build time into, you know, kind of their busy yearly schedule to spend some time on, you know, as, as say as a team or a leadership team, where is this organization going? And and some clients we've helped out, you know, with that and, you know, especially the ones that are smalling and growing quickly, you know, uh, whereas, um, you know, where will the organization be in three years? You know, will the jobs and roles evolve? You know, what do we do to accelerate, you know, the uh, skills, uh, skills increase? Um, and those are all strategy conversations and, and putting very clear, definitive plans in place. So we've helped out a number of small and emerging companies that, you know, their growth um, is very, very significant. So this is a key part of the uh, organizational strategy. And then you get into, you know, other questions, you know, especially with an organization that's growing so quickly is the ability of individuals and teams to develop to that growth curve, you know, that that has to be aligned. And if it isn't, you know, do they need to bring, you know, other you know kind of skills and people uh, in? Yeah, so, I think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. no, I was going to say, I think you touch on two things that sort of just made me think of something is that like for smaller organizations that are growing very quickly, I find that a lot of times they, they, when they evolve, they sort of, um, it, it almost feels like everything's sort of, you know, growing more, I don't want to say like a wild garden, but like, you know, they're, they're more innovative and more flexible and being able to sort of try things and then, you know, um, perhaps pivot sometimes or, um, but but I think the pro, I think smaller companies have the ability to be more proactive and test things out, whereas the very sort of large organizations that have done things for a really long time, I think the problem that I see with them is that they have, um, they get almost, um, uh, they, they're trying to assess their situation and understand what that future will be. But I think because they don't have a clear answer of what that might be, 
they get they get stalled, right? So they sort of don't make a decision about how to evolve, but they're still evolving, right? So if they take two or three years to figure out, you know, what the next step is, their companies and their their workforce and their organization and their culture start shifting in these little ways. And so that's why I mentioned earlier that sometimes, you know, it's seemingly unnoticeable, right? But then when you go back and, and see like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? Why are we doing things this way? And it's, and for larger companies, when you have so many people doing something in one way, it's kind of hard to shift when it sort of has gone, you know, off the tracks a little bit or in a different direction, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a couple of clients, you know, that are the very large, you know, uh, multinationals, you know, and it could be there's a leadership change or leadership change during the time of a modernization. Um, I think just the potential impact of, you know, more of the advanced technology, not the transactional systems that everybody has, you know, Mm -hmm. that's, you know, pretty well known. And then in some ways you just see the panic, you know, that, You know, that uh, some of the, the, you know, the process change, the technical impact, you know, more demands at the local level. Uh, there's almost a, a panic that we want to make sure, you know, number one, our, our teams are very uh, prepared for the challenges today. That goes without saying, but what's coming and we want to be more right. proactive. So it's almost a, in some ways, it's like a sense of urgency with the large multinationals. They have to start thinking and behaving as that you know, those smaller companies, you know, yes. from an organizational agility standpoint, not, you know, kind of the cadence and the pace that they're used to, which is starting to become obsolete. So, and, that, yes. and that's a challenge. That's a big challenge. That's a big challenge, but you just capture sort of my thinking in a very nice way. So thank you for doing that. Um, so um, actually, let me let me switch a little bit. Um, we, you know, like I said, we're just touching up on these topics. We'll kind of go into it more in detail um, in sort of subsequent episodes we record. So maybe let's close up this conversation by switching to the new framework that we're testing out in the 2024 World Classroom Study, um, which, you know, um, on a separate note, that's currently open. So for any listeners out there whose company is not currently enrolled, um, you should enroll. Our study is open through April of 2024, so there's plenty of time. Um, So anyways, so back to this. The new framework that we have focuses on a digital strategy consisting of four major components, right? We're looking at the technology assets, which are the core systems, the data connectivity, automation, um, process and analytics, which include things like continuous improvement, KPIs, metrics, the, uh, the data assets, which is referring to things like data quality, governance, standards, and of course, the organization and culture, which really speaks to the environment and the people's skills and capability. So these are the four quadrants in our digital framework. Um, Steve, I know this is something that you have been working very closely with Greg on. Um, you guys have been developing this. Um, so I would love for you to sort of share some of that thinking with our listeners. What are people's reactions to the framework? And if we were to focus solely on the organ culture quadrant, you know, are there some examples of that dimension for consideration? You know, how are organizations currently thinking about culture and their environment in terms of having that successful digitalization effort? Yeah, so it's, I, I would say we're not testing it anymore that uh, it's gone through. And the reason we created it almost a year ago is there was so much, and we think it's hype conversation with a lot of the advanced technology at this point in time, we call it the shiny object syndrome. There's so much focus on the, the technology. Um, but I would say equally, the, the good thing about the data assets, like you said, the data quality, the governance, the architecture and standards, 
there's so much investment going on, not only in regulatory, but in R&D and the commercial side, you know, realizing it's, you know, we talk about systems at the end of the day, it's the data assets. And I think there's the growing realization on the organizational cultural dynamic, because if people don't have the right skills, you know, the right organizational strategies, doesn't matter what technology you, you know, bring in and, you know, hopefully you're data quality levels are very high, you're still going to struggle as an organization. Just like, hey, if you have the, uh, the right people in with the right skills and processes, but your data quality is horrible, it's a wasted environment. So all four of these kind of quadrants you laid out have to be, you know, in balance. And, and some of the, you know, I, I would say maybe some of the harder conversations, just this emergence of data, you know, sciences skills. So that's really easy to say, but you know, a lot of the data that's out there is more connected and more exposed. So people are talking about Tableau and different things where, you know, different users can pull data from these systems, you know, outside of the transactional system. And there's a big generational, you know, kind of uh, conversation here with, you know, more of the younger generation. These are, you know, uh, second nature skills, you know, as far as really adapting, using different tools to pull data, you know, massage it, like we're all junior data scientists versus, and this is a general statement, it doesn't apply to all, uh, to those that are, you know, further along, you know, in their, in their careers on that. So as uh, things become more open and connected, the dynamic and the skills required and the competency, you know, have changed. And that gets back to the earlier point we're all really good at, you know, individual or team development, but this is, you know, a collective, uh, you know, development as things get more digitized, uh, these new roles and skills, um, and actually the evolving remits, uh, because in some of the examples we went through with some of our clients that part of the big modernization that some of the skills, it's not like they're not relevant anymore, but there's a less of a need for it. So how do we repurpose, you know, and this is an age old question, uh, when you have uh, the uh, impact of technology or maybe better processes, how can we accelerate getting people that are impacted with this, you know, different skills uh, so they can be, you know, continue to be very productive in the workforce. So there, there's a lot under this, but I think that the model is like these four areas need to be well thought out and, and aligned to have a really good digital strategy. Too often companies focus too much on the tech. Yeah, I agree. They're all interconnected, right? They're not even interconnected. They're all interdependent on each other. And I think when I when I said, you know, we're testing out, I think it'll be interesting to see what the data shows us about, you know, how people are prioritizing these four quadrants and, you know, where their focus is on. Um, because, you know, we could spend all day talking about this, which I won't, but there's, you know, I think there's a, there's a balance that needs to be um, um, had for, in terms of, you know, new new skills and roles and capabilities, but there's there's something to be said about people with historical knowledge and um, understanding how something something has worked for a long time, for that yeah. to be married with you know having a new skill or you know so when you're speaking about generational gaps and you know um, different types of jobs for you know people who are younger in the workforce versus older in the workforce, there's a combination of those two that are needed for for improvements to be made right in a in a in a really effective way or an efficient way so i think that's really important and maybe that's something we can we can talk about more in another episode um but yeah so it'll be interesting to see how the results kind of pan out for these four um these four quadrants in our digital framework 
Um, yeah, absolutely. And just, I mean, you, you gave me a, you know, kind of a thought. I remember working with one client. It was so simple. It's like, how can the younger generation or the new generation or the older generation better partner? Like, you know, like you said, with that historic knowledge and all the cool tools that are really easy for uh, somebody new in the workforce to learn and understand. And sometimes it's just having some better partnerships between the generations. Right. Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a lot to think about and, you know, listeners, I really hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this conversation and perhaps it has sparked some thinking for you as well. Um, you know, speaking for myself, I personally really love this topic. So if it's something that you heard has struck a chord with you and you really want to dissect it, um, please reach out and I'd be so happy to do that with you. Um, like I mentioned earlier, we have a series of, of episodes that we're going to be exploring these topics and, and more in depth. So I hope you stay tuned in for that. Um, so see, before I kind of close up, any sort of like last minute things you want to say? Um, if not, then I'll thank everybody and wish them well. Now, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, this year. And, and I know we're, we're putting a lot of the resources of the firm and bring in other guests because, you know, some of these questions are very deep questions, you know, and how how you put your head around it. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, as the, uh, you know, acceleration of organizational change, you know, happens, you know, uh, just to get the latest thinking out there. So I'm looking forward to, you know, bringing other guests in and other experts and, and yes. helping to figure this out. Yes, me too. I mean, I feel like a lot of things that we do, we try to invite that conversation, right? So, um, so here's to inviting conversations for the upcoming year. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, cheers.